Turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. And we're going to give us all an opportunity to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings at this moment. Amen. I know a lot of you bring your tithes and offerings on Wednesday night, and that's wonderful. That's great. Um, I wanted to show you something here. I was praying and seeking the Lord about prosperity. And, and you know, I just, when things maybe haven't looked like they've been working year after year after year after year, sometimes it's okay to say, Lord, what's up? Mm -hmm. Right? And be open to correction, because what did we just read in Proverbs today? A fool despises reproof, but a wise man receives instruction. But I wanted to show you, I believe the Lord led me to this, because I believe this is still a number one reason why certain blessings have not materialized yet in many people's lives who've been praying for them and wishing for them and wanting them and maybe saying they believe for them. Because I really think this is a very interesting issue here, but 32 years ago, when the Lord told us to start this church, yes, we started when we were three years old. That was a lie. Um, we'll tell you the truth later. <laughs> but when we first started this church, you're seeking why another church in a city that has 100 churches in it. You better have a really strong reason why and a word from the Lord because you will be blown out if you don't have your anchor in a rock. We had to know, why does God want another church in a valley with so many churches? You have to hear from the Lord because as soon as you step out, man, the enemy's going to try to knock you out. All kinds of things are going to try to get you out. And if all you have to ride on, Rich and I were talking about this today, if all you have to ride on is, oh, it's fun and it's great and I like it, you're going to be blown away. Man, you better have something a little deeper than, oh, this blesses me. Right. But we had to find out, and this is one of the phrases the Lord gave us when we first started out many years ago. He said, son, I want you in this valley because I want faith in this valley. Amen. And when he said faith, I knew what he meant. He meant saving faith. He meant healing faith. He meant deliverance faith. He meant protection faith. He meant fill with the Spirit faith. He meant faith in every area. And, you know, we preach kind of a unique message, I guess, compared to the ratio of people in the world. Our friend Keith Moore, you know, he says that there's a very small percent of people on this planet that believe like we believe, you know, to the level we believe. And not that we're elite or anything. It's just we've, we've dared to go further than our experiences said were true. Right. And we, we knew, the Lord said years ago, He said, I want you, uh, here's what I want you, I want you to help people believe God. And as we were driving even to church tonight, the Lord's been revealing this to me. He said, not audibly, but in my heart, like he talks to all of us. He said that if you really love people, you're going to be super interested in faith. Because that's how they're going to get saved. That's how they're going to get healed. That's how they're going to get delivered. That's how they're going to be protected. That's how their babies are going to get healed. That's how they're going to prosper. That's how you quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is what pleases the Father. Right? you got to be really interested in faith. That's not the only subject in the Bible, but it's a subject that deals with our part. Right. And I just realized I slipped some. <gasps> I slipped some in faith. 
And I want to, I'll talk some more about this a little bit later, but during the offering here, here's what I sense the Lord said. He said, it takes faith to tithe. Yeah. Yeah. It takes faith to give. Yes. But it also takes faith to believe for the return God said would happen. Absolutely. If all we have is faith in the doing part and not in God's rewarding part, we're still not there to where we're going to see the fullness of what He wants us to see in our lives. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible. So if faith is not the reason and the motive for the things we're doing, even though the things we're doing might be good, it's still not pleasing to the Lord if we're just doing it with some other reason. Fear, uh, to be seen, whatever. There's a thousand reasons. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anybody interested in pleasing God? Yeah. Are you interested in helping people? Yeah. Are you interested in people getting saved? Yeah. Healed? Yeah. Delivered? Are you interested in that? Then we need to be interested in faith because Jesus himself many times told people, Daughter, your faith made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. If he wanted us to focus on something else, he would have said something else. When it comes to that verse in Mark chapter 5, he said, daughter. And why did he say this? Because he wanted us thinking about if her faith could make her whole, our faith can make us whole. Faith in Jesus, faith in the word. Right? And then he told the blind man, according to your faith, be it unto you. As you have believed, so be it unto you. Come on, if we really love people, we're going to be interested in them connecting with God to get their needs met. Right? This is a big deal, church. And it says here, it's impossible to please. Now notice, notice, notice. For he that comes to God should try, you know, it's optional. It's, it's a deal, but not, it, you must, must is a very strong word. You got to believe he's real. He exists. He is. Not was or going to be. He is, which is really good for present people with present problems. Yeah. He's not the great I was or the great I'm going to be. He's the great I am. Yeah. And he said, you must believe that he is. And there's something else you must believe if you want to please the Lord. What else must we believe if we're going to be pleasing to the Lord? We must believe that he is a rewarder of everybody that's saved. He was writing to save people. Are you listening, church? Here's a revelation I think the New Testament church really needs to get. We are saved by grace. We are rewarded by what we do. 1 Corinthians 3 dedicates a whole chapter to it. Revelation talks a lot about it. Our righteousness is not according to what we do, but our rewards are. Hmm? And if you love the Lord, we shouldn't, we're not going to be prodding you to do something for the Lord. We're going to have to slow you down before you keep doing everybody else's job and burn out before your time. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Well, I want to say it like this. If you're a tither and if you're a giver, yeah, you've got to have enough faith to do it because you believe it's his will for you. 
but you must also believe something good is going to happen to you because you are doing it in faith because you love. The Lord's constantly trying to get us to a position of boldness where we take him at his covenant word, where we say, God can't lie. Amen? The devil says, I don't know if you're going to make it. Shut up. We did a whole series on um, talking about God's love for us and how we need to have more faith in his love. Because when you really realize how much he loves you, it's ridiculous to think he wants you broke or sick or not going to answer a prayer that you prayed according to his word. It becomes ridiculous. I just... Sometimes I think we just need to be a little bolder against the enemy and forces that are trying to get us to back down than just trying to talk God into the notion of giving us what he said he's already given us. We need to have the attitude, God, you said, and I thank you so much for what you said and stand our ground on his word, quote scriptures every day, believe God, praise the Lord like we already got what we asked for, Stay in faith. Laugh at impossibilities. Now you're going to sound different, look different, and talk different than everybody around you when you really start living by faith. And people try to tell you to shut up like they told blind Bartimaeus to shut up. Shut up. Shut up with that faith stuff. Be quiet. Shut up, blind man. Be quiet. He cried the more a great deal and got a miracle. Sometimes you just have to be bold. Let's face it. If we do Christianity right, we're going to look different than most people on this planet. We're going to talk different than most people on this planet, right? <laughs> We're going to sound different. I wanted you to see that because I really believe that we already know the answer because we're Faith Heights Church. We've been hearing it for years. We know the answer. I believe it's time to start taking it more serious. Some of us need to get back to what we first used to be very excited about. Amen? I really believe faith is important stuff. Right here it says it's impossible to please God without... Do you know you can pray not be in faith and not please God one bit even though you prayed three hours? <laughs> do you know you could treat other people right and not do it in faith and not please God? God knows motives. He knows reasons why we're doing things. And that's, you know, God's really big on heart issues and that's, we just got to make sure that we're doing things because we love and we're doing them in faith. Can I tell you another big reason why we should be interested in faith? Because whatever is not a faith is sin. Kind of makes you want to check your motives. <laughs> yeah. You could laugh a little louder than that. I mean, it's kind of a Charlie Brown remake there. So let's go ahead and worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings at this time. Come on forward, Carla. If you... If you Want to give tonight? You can. Here's the ways you can give in Faith Heights Church. Cash, of course. Um, checks made out to Faith Heights Church or FHC. If you're given by the kiosk, that's only before or after the service. Text giving is a really, really safe and simple way to, to give. And, of course, you can give online even beyond church services by going to the website faithheights.org. Are you ready, church? If you didn't bring an offering, stand up with us anyway. Let's worship God together. Let's tell Him we love Him and... I don't know about you, but I want a lot more to give. Yeah. I said, I want a lot more 
to give. Don't you? Tell you, you get money in the right people's hands, there'll be more people in heaven than if they didn't have that money. It's interesting to see how money could be connected to more people being in heaven, healed, fed, nourished. Interesting. So even if you don't have an offering tonight and you wish you had one, just open up your eyes and say, Lord, I'm a giver. Support my habit. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. You get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. Let's lift up our hands and our offerings to the Lord. Father, this is a joyful time for us. We love you. We honor you with our tithes and offerings. Jesus, we worship you. Thank you for the privilege to be a part of what you're doing in the earth realm. Thank you for letting us and giving us the opportunity to tithe and give offerings. Oh, Jesus, we don't do it to be blessed. We know we're already blessed by salvation, but we do it because we love you and we know the laws of increase will come back to us just like you said, and we thank you for it. We expect everything you said would happen if we tithe in faith and give offerings in faith. We expect everything you said to happen to us. It's being given unto us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You're making all grace abound toward us. We always have sufficiency in all things that we may abound to every good work. You're opening the windows of heaven upon us. You're blessing all the work of our hand. You're rebuking the devourer for us. You're supplying all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we declare God's not mocked. Every good seed we've sown, we shall also reap if we faint not. Father, we love you. We honor you and we adore you tonight with these tithes and offerings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say our confession tonight, church. Faith Heights Church is packed out and paid off. We call every debt reduced and eliminated. We are getting our lands, buildings, houses, vehicles, and equipments, and God's bringing into our hands seed, even some great big whopper chunk seed. It's happening. Go ahead and be seated, church. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Man, I'm glad I came to church tonight. Thank you, Lord. Um, I'll go ahead and share this now. I might share it again later because it ties into the message as well later. I was praying recently. Carla and I had a time of prayer at home. And just kind of with our antennas up, you know, not just wanting God to hear what we have to say. We were really wanting to hear what he has to say. I mean, let's face it. If you're in a conversation with God, who do you think should do more listening? God or us? I think we need to be listening. So many people's victory is just hearing from God and doing what he said. That's why the devil is trying to keep you so busy and, and distracted that you don't have time to quiet down and hear from God. But now, church, think about this. Okay, I was, we were seeking the Lord about some things, about some specific direction. And here's what I got from the Lord, and I believe it applies to more than just me. It's not maybe the answer I wanted to hear, but at least I knew the road I needed to get on. All right? So here's what I heard. He said, son, pray until you know what to do. Then do it the way I tell you to. 
Now that wasn't like the answer, but it was the answer that is going to lead to all my answers. But the key word was until. Pray until you know what to do and then do it the way I tell you to. Because it's not enough just to get what. You got to get how, why, when, where. You understand? When you're seeking the Lord, so many people jump the gun, they get the what, and they start running, not realizing there was a how to do the what. And you got to spend even more time to find out how. And so this is one of the things that came up in my spirit after a couple days. You know, when you're seeking the Lord, sometimes if you just stay in that attitude of prayer, the answer may come two days later. So don't give up if it didn't come while you were praying. And one of the things that came, but this is not the first thing that came, but it has to do with the church. One of the things that came to me was this. Son, you're looking for direction for your church. You're looking for direction for the ministry. What you should be spending your time on. You don't want to waste time, money, or energy? Great. Do this, because this is what I want you to do. And this is what he said. And this affects you, too, if you're a part of this church. He said, I want you to get faith in the Grand Valley. I want you to get faith in the Grand Valley. Why? Well, for one reason, that's how you get saved, by grace, through faith. Right? Right? It's how you get healed. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Right. It's the only thing we know that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Lift up the shield of faith. You see right there that faith is not just a passive belief. It's something you use against problems and storms and attacks. Jesus said in Luke 18, he said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find... Now, what's he looking for when he comes back? What's really on the heart of the Lord when he comes back? What's he looking for, church? When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? This is why the enemy is a, has a, There's an attack on faith going on in the world right now. Did you know that? There's an attack on faith. Just like in the days of Jude, I've seen it starting to happen in our day. Do you know what I mean? Why would Jude have to encourage believers to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints if there wasn't pressure to back off from the faith that was once delivered to the saints or to leave what was once delivered to the faith? Hmm? Important stuff. He had to encourage them. Don't back off. Well, we know in the last days that the enemy is going to put pressure on people to depart from the faith because 1 Timothy 4 says, in the, la the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart. What's the devil trying to get people away from? Shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and teachings of demons. So demons are behind trying to get believers to leave faith. What is, what is under attack? What is the devil trying to throw test to? The trying of your what? Why is the devil so interested in messing with your faith? Because he don't want you pleasing God. 
He don't want you saved. He don't want you healed. Right? He wants you living in sin. Whatever is not a faith is sin. He, he, he wants you being the one Jesus doesn't stop at when he's looking for faith on his return. I don't think, see, faith, the emphasis of faith, when Kenneth Hagin came on the scene and, and, and his spiritual children unto him who are still preaching faith, isn't it awesome to see Brother Keith Moore just started up faith school? You know why he did? Because the Lord told him to. It's, it's really cool to see Brother Copeland starting up their Bible school and to see Mark Hankins having their faith conference last week. What's this about faith? I thought we heard about faith. Guys, we haven't even scratched the surface on what faith really is. Faith is the kind of life that God has lived on by forever. And that's one of the reasons we should want to understand faith, because he's just teaching us how he lives. The Bible talks about the faith of God. Have not the faith of God with respect to persons. God operates in faith, and He wants us living like Him. Why? Well, for one reason, it's the best way. And did you ever notice it said, The just shall live by faith? We're not talking about a move. We're not talking about a wave. We're talking about how we live every day of our life. We walk by faith and we live by faith. We're supposed to. What does that show us? That shows me it's not this wave came in and that went out, went out. Faith is different. It's something you live by. It's something you're supposed to develop in. It's something you're supposed to contend for. And so I wanted to, to talk about this in connection with growing spiritually tonight. So turn to Colossians chapter 4, Amplified Classic, please. And we'll read this prayer and then we're going to pray it for ourselves. I do as a pastor pray this for the church quite regularly. So expect some growing up because <laughs> it's a grow up prayer. Some prayers you pray more than once because they have to do with daily development. Right. Some prayers you pray once, say amen, just praise God till it shows up. Like for something the Lord's promised you or said that's already yours. Pray it once, believe God and worship Him from that point forward and don't let go. What's that dog that locks its jaw when it, is it a pit bull or is it a Rottweiler? Huh? Is it a bulldog that locks their jaw? That's what we need to be with our faith. When you find the promise of God and you've got scriptures to stand on, you've meditated on those scriptures, lock your jaw when you say amen and don't let go for anything. But this prayer, this is a little different kind of prayer. This is a grow up prayer. And you can't pray one prayer and be totally mature the next day. This is a prayer you have to pray regularly like the Ephesian prayers and some other New Testament prayers because they deal with our maturity, daily development. And here, here, Epaphras, who is one of yourselves, a servant of Christ, sends you greetings. He is always striving for you, earnestly in prayers, pleading. What's he praying? What's he praying? That you may, as persons of right character and clear conviction, stand firm and mature. Everybody say mature. Mature. Not physically. Right. There is a spiritual development that is vital to our lives. 
a sad situation as many people have spent everything, all their time and energy on developing their physical body and their mind and their spirits are weak, scrawny, can't stand in faith long enough to see manifestations, can't overcome sin. Too many people have developed their mind or their body at the expense of their spirit. Great, get mental development, get education, especially if you're led. Just don't waste your years if you're not led to go. Right. <laughs> Just do what your friends want you to do. But man, the most important part of our life to develop is right here. Stand firm and mature in spiritual growth. That's talking about the inner man who's inside you right now looking out your eyes. Paul said, I pray to God, you guys at Thessalonica, I pray to God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there, it shows you how you're made up. You're a spirit, and that spirit is a man called the inward man. That spirit man has a soul, a mind, and a will, and emotions. You're not a soul, you have a soul specifically speaking, and that spirit that has a soul lives in a physical body. You following? And the spirit part of us is where you believe from. It's where you walk in the love of God from. Right? That spirit man, did you know the spirit man inside of you because of your born again experience and if you're filled with the Spirit especially, did you know your spirit man right now has all the power your body needs to be healed? You just got to work it out. You got to bring it forth. That's why I like praying in tongues. When you're praying in tongues, you start praying from that part of your life where all these powerful things are, and it starts to come up to your mind and your soul and your body and your finances. All the help you need to overcome addiction is already in your spirit. Bring it forth. Inside of you are heaven's resources. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for all you need is already on the inside of you. Work it out. Pray it out. Let's pray this for ourselves. You ready? Let's put ourselves. Actually, why don't you just repeat it after me? I'll say it, and you guys can repeat it after me. Say this. Jesus, I worship you. And I'm asking the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ to help me to stand perfect and complete in all the will of God that I may as a person of right character and clear conviction that I may stand firm and mature in spiritual growth, convinced, fully assured in everything willed by God. Say it's happening. Oh, Father, we thank you. It's happening. We're growing up. You're helping us. 2019 is our year to shine. In Jesus' name. 1 Peter, please, chapter 5. Now, we found this out last week that aging is not maturing. 
Just because you're old doesn't mean you've matured. Maturity does not happen by reason of time only. Peter says there's something else that happens that brings us to perfection. And your flesh ain't going to like it. But that's what Wednesday nights are about right, right now. Telling our flesh, you're not boss anymore. Right. We're growing up. Yes. Paul said it like this. He said, <clears throat> I wanted to feed you with meat, but I had to keep giving you milk because you're still a baby. And he wasn't talking about physically because they were all adults, physically. And so he had to tell them, listen, I wanted to give you more but you limited how I preach to you. Don't complain about how I'm preaching. If you want more, be able to receive more. Right? Interesting how Paul said, I wanted to give you meat, but I couldn't just give you what I wanted to or what you wanted. If you want anointed word, it ain't up to me. It's up to the Lord. He knows what we're ready for. and He's not going to give us more than we're ready for. And he, re he related it as carnal and babes in Christ. Carnal means body ruled. And there's another indication of a babyhood stage of Christianity is baby, baby Christians are body ruled. They do more what they feel like than, than what God said in his word. And it's great if you're a baby. <laughs> babies, you know, babies got diapers. That, they're cute. That, that's... But 20 years later, ain't cute no more. Okay, let's, let's go to that scripture now. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse... You know what? I got, I got some revelation earlier today by going back to verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. Let's look at this in context here. If you have it. Peter said, be sober. That's a good word for today. <laughs> Whole seminar right there. A be sober seminar. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, which is, which is really good news, because if he has to seek whom he may devour, he can't just devour everybody. He's got to find openings, holes, and rights that people are giving to him before he can even devour anybody or even attempt to devour anybody. Yeah. But now next verse, keep it in context. Now he said, now whom the devil resists. Everybody say resist. resist. Say resist. resist. Resist is what you're not going to feel like doing. I said resisting is what you're not going to feel like doing. And it's going to hurt to resist. Especially in this area of temptation where your flesh and soul really want it. Or, or you're tempted to say something that you know is a violation of love and it would feel so good to say it. You know, they call it getting it off your chest. Pastor, I'm just real. I'm going to say what I feel. The Bible says you are real. You're real foolish if you do that because a fool utters all his mind. 
Or one translation says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man keeps it till after. Somebody who's grown up realizes, if I say these words, I'm going to hurt somebody, I'm going to hurt my faith, I'm going to violate loves, I'm not going to say it. The Bible says we're supposed to refrain our tongue from evil and our lips that they speak no guile if you want it to be well with you on the earth. That's what Peter said. A lot of people are in ill health today because of words they've said and haven't repented of. Whom resist, that's going to hurt, steadfast in the faith. Again, the enemy's just trying to get us messed up in this faith area. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished or overcome in your brethren that are in the world. So next time you think you're going through a unique test and trial, you're the only one having those crazy thoughts, you're the only one having those funky feelings, just remember this, all kinds of brothers and sisters all over the world are feeling the same stuff. The devil's just as crazy to them as he's trying to be to you. He wants you to think your problem is unique. Now, keep all this in context for the next verse. Are you ready? But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Here's the part you're going to shout and scream at. You ready? Woo! After that you've suffered a while, makes you mature. Establish. Strengthen. Settle you. So we see maturity does not happen by reason of time. Maturity happens by reason of endurance. In this area of resisting. Come on, read it. Read it in context. What's he talking about suffering in this verse? Not sickness, not disease. Now that stuff may try to come against you. And yes, you can turn that around and grow stronger because of it. But you have to realize this, God, he said our part when it comes to the enemy attacking us is not accepting, it's resisting. This is the suffering he's talking about. He's talking about suffering in our resistance to what the enemy is trying to get us to accept. Whether it's disease or sickness or temptation to sin, we say no, 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 all the while he's saying yes, 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 the devil's saying. And we're saying no, no, no. Feel this? No. I resist that by his stripes I was healed. You see what I'm saying? And he, he said, now listen, he said, there comes a time in your resisting that God will intervene powerfully and you will get strong and you will be settled. In other words, you won. Right. When is that? Five minutes? No. Five hours? Five days? When is it? How, how long? Until our resisting pays off. It might have something to do with our determination in our resisting. I mean, if you just flat out refuse to, to give in to something the enemy's throwing your way, that might speed things up a little bit. Whom resist steadfast in the faith? That's not always easy. But it's how you grow up. I mean, there's people 
in families. We've seen people in local churches where pressure comes to move, move you out of your place, to move you out of your God-ordained position. And the pressure comes and the temptations are there. And you feel like, man, if I don't, if I don't yield to this pressure, life is going to be terrible. No, on the contrary, if you keep resisting in the name of Jesus, life is going to be amazing very shortly. I mean, this is God's personal responsibility to us if we'll be faithful in resisting. He said that God, God himself of all grace, after you've suffered a while in this resisting, God himself is going to make you perfect, established, strengthened and settle you. This is God's personal responsibility. <laughs> Amen. You will not be left stranded in your right doing. Right. Payday is on the way. Right. Praise God. That is so, when the Lord showed this to me, I thought, man, that's so good because a lot of people think that they have to in, accept the suffering and their acceptance of the suffering is what he's talking about here. He's talking about the resisting of the suffering, not the acceptance of it. People are accepting the suffering, saying, yeah, you see right here, it says that I'm going to have to suffer. He's not talking about suffering through accepting what the devil's presenting to you. He's talking about suffering in resisting what he's trying to get to you. Amen. Do you see that? Yes. Church, do you see that? Yes. The suffering is not accept what the devil is offering and say, I'm suffering for the Lord with this disease. I'm suffering for the Lord with this fear. I'm suffering... You're suffering in your resisting, not in your accepting. I remember Don Francisco had a song a long time ago about the devil. Um, what did he say? He says, um, the devil came to the door with a package and said, look here, it's from God. You know, it's a little suffering, a little disease, a little shame. <laughs> it's just, no, no, that's not from God, devil. And I'm not going to receive that package. And sometimes he's persistent and tries to push it on you. And the suffering comes in not accepting it. And maintaining a good confession before many witnesses, like our Lord Jesus. So I wanted you to see that. So aging is not maturing, obviously. We don't grow up just because of time going by. There's going to be some endurance. You're going to have to do some resisting. Right? Come on, here's what the scripture says. You want to be happy? Anybody want to be happier than you are right now? You ready? You want to be happy? Happy is the man that endures temptation, doesn't give in. See, the devil says you'll be happy if you give in. God says you'll be happy if you don't give in. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he's tried, not later when he gets to heaven, there are some blessings on the earth, guys. There's many coming, but there's some even right when you're tested, right when you're tempted. Do you know what one translation says? It says, blessed is a man that endures temptation, for when he's tried, he will receive the life the Lord has promised to them that love him. So saying no to temptation is a manifested sign that we love him.
King James says, you'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. He connects loving him with enduring temptation. Interesting. <laughs> Anybody want to be happy? You know, guess who the happiest person in the world has been? Anybody know? Jesus. It says, and the reason he was happy is because of what he loved and what he didn't love. Who he loved and who he didn't love. It says Jesus loved what was right. He loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. Therefore, God... Even your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. <laughs> Happiest person on the earth is Jesus Christ because he loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. And then G and God tells Jesus, therefore God, <laughs> the God the Father calls Jesus God, says, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Do you realize that you're not mature just because you know more than somebody else? Hmm? Now, go to Hebrews 5. I want you to see that Jesus, as a man, went through what we're talking about. Jesus went through this suffering. Now, we know he went through the suffering on the cross as our substitute, but he also went through some suffering as an example to us that we're going to have to go through if we want to reach certain levels of maturity. I'm going to put it like this. It's entitled, Suffering Unto Perfection. Now, aren't you glad he's not talking about sickness and disease here? Mm-mm. No, we, don't, we, we do not have to suffer with what Jesus suffered for us. But that's our substitute. What about Jesus, our example? Uh -huh. These are the areas that will grow you up. My word to people when they're pressured to move or get out of place, unless you're in a place God's transferring you from. Okay, that's a whole different deal. But let's let God transfer us, not us get in our way. Let's let, us, let's let God transfer us. Not offense. Hmm? But the suffering unto perfection. I'll, let's read the verse before we go any far. Hebrews 5.10. Is it 10? I think it is. Hebrews 5.10. Though Jesus were a son... Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And then the next verse says he became perfect, uh, the author of eternal salvation. So suffering unto perfection. Too many people get go on their mind instead of grow when things get tough. Thank you for those zero amens. 
there's one guy who used to go to our church many years ago who um, he said, well, there's one thing about Faith Hatch Church. You go to Faith Hatch Church, there's, you got two options. You grow or you go. Because <laughs> it's going to be very uncomfortable to stay at certain levels of spiritual maturity after a while when everybody around you is, is moving up. And so, but we, we, want every, we don't want that to happen. We want everybody to go up because the Lord's got great things for us in these last days. I wanted to show you that because even Jesus was perfected, not just because, you know, he learned a lot. He had to endure some stuff. And so let me just say this. When it comes to growing up spiritually, there's a few areas that will help you grow up. You ready? And these are areas we're not supposed to run away from and we're not supposed to um, try to avoid. Number one, you ready? Number one, temptation. Now, yes, you're supposed to run from. Don't get me wrong. Yes, you need to run. But you can't, you can't think that it's never going to happen. You can't pray that it never happens because right. it's going to happen. Yeah. And you have to learn to deal with it. Somebody says, well, pray for me, Pastor, that I have no more trouble with the devil. The only prayer we could pray is that you die and go to heaven because that's the only way you will not be opposed by the devil ever again. So one of the areas, it says Jesus suffered being tempted. And this is one of the areas that we're going to suffer in, is temptation is going to come, and the suffering comes in by saying no when everything around you and in you wants to say yes. All right, you got that? Another area that you need to realize you're going to have to suffer in is in this area of walking in love. For love suffers long. And at the same time, is kind. Hmm? One way you can gauge your spiritual maturity is you're only as big as what ticks you off. You're only as big as what annoys you. We should be developing every year in this thing called growing up spiritually. Um, and then, of course, First Peter talks about suffering as a Christian. Let, let me just say something about this area here. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. An angel from heaven had to come down and strengthen him so he didn't die in the garden so he could make it to the cross. Remember that? So there, Luke said there appeared an angel to him, strengthening him from heaven. Remember that? He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. It said he went to pray, and one of the writers of the gospel said he went to pray, and he fell. Ever been so heavy, you just fell down? And then he started praying. Now, what was he praying? What was the agony? The prayer was this, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Oh, church, get this. If Jesus, the master, was tempted and was pulled in his will area to get out of a place he knew God wanted him, I think we might need to be on guard in this area as well. There's going to be times you may not want to do something, but you know it's his will. Hmm? That's why you have to go beyond just what you're getting out of it. Or you got some of these things you just have to flat out look at as a holy calling and nothing will blow me away. 
It took me a while to find out that place. I had been in a few other places, but when I grew up, I started realizing I need to leave here and go here, and this is where I need to be rooted. And then when you find that out, set up landmarks, put up rocks, build an altar, and remind yourself, because it's, it's going to get tough. I think one of the reasons God leads people to certain churches because he knows some of the problems that are going to happen in those churches and he knows who's got and he also knows those people have some weakness in their character that these problems will help build them up as they deal with these problems. And come on, I mean Jesus was led of the spirit into the wilderness. He might lead you to a place where he knows there's some problems going to happen. And he might be going, you know what? We might as well just <clears throat> use everything that's happening for the good of my people. Right? I mean, somebody might be weak in a certain area, but God knows a problem's going to occur that will help these people to have to deal with something they've been running away from, and in their dealing with it, they'll grow. So they'll get good teachings, they'll get blessed, but they'll also have opportunity to grow and use what they've been taught. Did you all catch that? I know that was a little deep for maybe a church service, but sometimes the Lord leads us into things that we would not wish to not lead us into because it pulls on weaknesses in our life. You know what I mean? And if people realize that sometimes there are going to be challenges in imperfect churches or wherever, even in a marriage. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not about having a perfect spouse. It's about who do you want to share the struggles with all your life, right? <laughs> I mean, you just got pick. I mean, you're going to have struggles, so you might as well just choose the one you want to struggle with, because there's going to be struggles. Get the get the perfect person out of your mind. That's not going to happen. Right. Now with Carla and I, she did get the perfect person, but <laughs> or is it the other way around? It's the other way around. Lord John, thank you. Who said that? Thank you, Marlon. Thank you. Now if we can just get Carla to call me Lord John. We had a Bible study the other night at our house, and I showed Scripture. I showed Scripture. Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, if you not be afraid with any amazement. Get back to what I... <laughs> okay, let me get... Took a little side journey there. I probably shouldn't have done that. Okay, we got to see this before we close. We've only got a couple minutes, but let me show you. Um, go ahead and put up on the, the screen that little graph. Three reasons why we should be interested in growing up spiritually. If you could put up the, uh, like the carrot one or the tree one. You like my little, remember those graphics last week? Did you like that? Yeah. I did that for you, church. <laughs> so you see the little baby on the left? We're talking about spiritually. Well, what's one of the reasons we should want to grow up? So people can eat our carrots. Come on, if you stay a baby, you're not any good to anybody. One of the main reasons we want to grow up spiritually is so we can have more to help people with. And it comes in different ways. One of the ways it comes is the more spiritually mature we are, the more God can turn up the power and the fruit in our life. Huh? Because he knows we're not just going to eat it ourselves. We're going to provide it to others. And notice the little carrot, the little baby carrot, little babyhood, childhood, young adult, and fully, full mature. What happens when you're fully mature? 
you are a blessing going somewhere to happen. God can turn up the power, influence. Show the other graphic with the trees, if you have that one. If you don't have it, that's okay. Do you have it? Okay, we're good. You get the picture there, okay? So let's just say this, because i got to say one more thing before we close. You're going to be able to help more people as you grow up spiritually. So we should be very interested. You're also going to be able to receive the nourishment you need. Because here's the revelation, and I'll, I'll go to scripture later about it. If we're immature, we're unstable. And we are more likely to be blown somewhere else away from the parts we're supposed to be with, getting the nourishment we need through those parts from the head of the Lord Jesus. Okay, if we remain childish, we're probably going to let offense push us around. If that happens, we will not be receiving the nourishment that God knows that we need. I don't know if people got this revelation or not, but I'm going to say it as easy as I can. Read Colossians 1 and Colossians 2 and you'll see it. Nourishment from Jesus does not all come to us, doesn't come to us directly. Just like things from your head and your brain don't go to your hand directly. It flows through other parts. Are you following me? And if you want what the head has for you, you better be hooked to where you're supposed to be hooked so the circulation is proper. Right. Not holding the head from which the whole body, by joints and bands, receives nourishment. Right. There are some things we will not get from the Lord directly. We will get them through those we're called to be hooked up with. It's called divine connections. And friend, don't kid yourself. There are healing connections. There are prosperity connections. There are deliverance connections. Hmm? These connections will greatly assist us in our ability to receive these things from the Lord because we're in the place we're supposed to be. Wouldn't it look funny for a foot to be attached to a head? Ain't going to happen. The foot needs to be where it's supposed to be. That's a whole teaching there, and we can talk about it later. Um, so, okay. Let me just, the, the third thing was, if we want, it, growing up spiritually will also give God a right to entrust us with more, whether it's prosperity or power or anointing, because he can't just turn up the power if we're not going to use it properly with the right heart. Let me just quote it to you. Galatians 4 says, the heir... You know, the child of God that has an amazing inheritance? The heir, H-E-I-R, the heir, as long as he's childish, is no different than a slave, though in reality he's Lord of all, but is under governors and tutors until the time appointed of the Father. So even though you have an inheritance, even though you have all these things that are legally yours, if we're childish or if we're still a child... They can't be released to us yet, though we're Lord of all, and it's, all, it's ours. So growing up will help us in this area of God being able to trust us with more. Amen. All right? So let me just read this to you in closing. And um, I'm going to tell you the three stages, and I'm just going to read them to you. There's scriptures that back all these up, and I'll have them for you later. 
There's babyhood stage Christianity. There's childhood stage of Christianity, spiritual, spiritual growth. And then there's adulthood. Go to one more scripture as I'm talking. It's Hebrews chapter 11. You'll find this in the scriptures. I'm just going to read it to you now. We'll get into it later. Babyhood. Babies need a lot of attention when it comes to spiritual things in local churches, just like in the natural at home. And it's good. And we should be giving our attention to the babies. Right? Babies need a lot of attention. Babies are easily frustrated, easily distracted, and easily hurt. Babies are ignorant of poisonous food, and some have died. Babies are irritated easily. And that's a-okay if you're a baby. Some of these things still show up in people's lives who've been believers for 10, 20 years, and they need to take some evaluation and realize, is that me? Because if it is, being aware of it, your first step out of it. Childhood Christianity, where Paul said, be no more children tossed to and fro. He wasn't talking to physical children. He was talking to adults at Corinth, or in Ephesus, I'm sorry. He said, don't be any more children. Well, he, children, here's a trait of, and this is relating to the church, not home. Okay, home is physical. Church, things of God is, is the spiritual part of it. Children are unsteady, you know, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Be no more children tossed to and fro. They're unsteady. You can't depend on them yet. Unreliable. Very curious. What did they say? Oh, really? Well, I heard that they said this. And what about that? And get on Facebook and all this. And yeah, well, what about this? And you kidding? They did that. And they fell. I can't believe they did that. What, what are you doing? You're childish. That's a, straight, that's a trait of children. Proverbs talks about it. Paul talked about it. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. I understood like a child. When you're a child, you're curious. You just think you got to know everything that's going on. It's called gossip. And it's actually very dangerous stuff. Because a lot of these rumors that are going around, even if they're true, let me tell you what's really going on. If you read Timothy and other scriptures where it talks about cankers and cancers, eating words of certain people eating like a cancer, he's talking about gossip. And I've seen people die of brain tumors, spiritually speaking, because of not understanding the power of gossip in the negative. Man, Candace, I'm just going to boast on you. Candace, this is one lady that will not listen to gossip. I mean, I remember years ago, you telling us something about people that wanted to talk to you about certain issues and certain problems in, in people's lives, and you just shut them down and said, I don't want to hear it. You go talk to them about it. That's maturity. It's mature to say, hey, stop. Well, what if I offend them? Well, if the Word of God offends them, some people are going to stumble over Jesus. And if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. Right. There are something, rumors, here's the way the Lord gave it to me. Rumors are tumors trying to get into your brain yeah. and kill you away from something that you were supposed to be a part of. I didn't say it. The Word of God said it was like a canker or a cancer. Gossip, saying things. 
talking about other people's faults. It's talking about things you don't agree with. Church, we need to grow up. It's time the devil stopped messing with the church. We need to get this thing together like the Lord wants it. Get in line in 2019. I'm telling you, it's going to be divine. Huh? It's going to be more than fine. It's our time to shine. And these are some things that have to be dealt with. We don't listen to gossip. Why? Because we're growing up. We're not curious like a child. We don't need to know everything. And I went too long. So would you, st would you stand up with me? We'll finish some more of this later.